0: You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com
1: proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm Nick. JJ is on vacation. Figured I would give you something solo. Uh, So just wanted to take, first of all, let's start with with last week. So obviously we pride ourselves on on showing up every week and, and giving you something. I had no shot last week. I was traveling for work Sunday through Thursday night. Had to leave Sunday. Came back Thursday night. Had absolutely no window during that trip. Yes, we could have done something maybe the Saturday before. Was that Saturday the 10th, the day of the Belmont? Everything's everything's kind of running together. And then Jack is on vacation this week. He is in it's Long Beach Island or Long Branch or one of those one of those beaches in central Jersey. So so hope he's having a good time. I'm not going to get into all of the plays and different scenarios of these three games in Boston this weekend because I, I don't think anybody wants to relive this, but let's let's take a step back. You know, all of us. If you're listening to this, you love the Yankees, you love baseball, but there's probably a kind of a deeper or bigger reason that that you're a Yankee fan, that you're a baseball fan. And I think for a lot of us, it's things change in life. You have ups, you have downs, you have hardships, changes, and you know, with that uncertainty in life and with those changes and just kind of what life brings, having the Yankees on at at 7:05, it's an escape. It's a constant. You get into the rhythm, and I always. I always like to use the example of, you know, from when I was eight years old to, to 22 years old, a lot of things in my life changed, whether it's going to college, changing schools, things with friends, you know, girlfriends, breakups, whatever. Through all of those uncertainties, the Yankees were always on at 705 and at generally at 707 or 708, Derek Jeter was stepping into the box, you know, grabbing that, that ear flap of his helmet and stepping in there. And it's just a comfort thing. And when they win, it's a great escape. It's just an escape. It's nice. And I think that's why a lot of people watch sports and the Yankees are not giving us that escape right now. I mean, Jesus Christ, they are, this is bad. This is probably as bad as I've seen them since 2021, 2021. They were, they started out horribly and they went on that 13 game winning streak in August on the West coast that that nobody really even saw quite frankly, and ended up sneaking into a wildcard spot. But this is This is really, really bad. Um, And, you know, it seems like they've kind of given up without Aaron Judge. And that's the scary part for me is that this is very much feels like a mental, a mental issue. So Judge, Judge goes down, right? He crashes into that Dodger Stadium metal or concrete thing on the wall. He goes down and essentially everybody on the team just immediately forgets how to play baseball. So this is from James Smythe. Uh, going through some of the you know, supposedly key contributors and, and kind of what they've done since Judge has been gone. So Anthony Rizzo, last twelve games, slashing a mighty .68, <laughs> one sixty three OBP and an 091 slugging, zero homers, three RBIs. Stanton, since coming off the IL, eleven games, one thirty five, two thirty eight OBP, three twenty four slugging with two home runs, and then DJ, who's just been a corpse. The entire season since May 11th, 28 games, 183, 227, 288. So these guys are all forgetting how to play baseball. And it's not just, oh, Judge goes down. So they're, they're playing worse because Judge isn't there. It's, it's to me, it's the mental aspect of Judge goes down. These guys feel like they don't have their security blanket. They don't have their leader. They don't have their captain, whatever. And they all just kind of melt under the pressure. And to me, that's just, it's absolutely pathetic. Probably the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in Yankee land, the way that they have just melted and just given up. And it seems like they're just waiting, waiting for Judge to get back. And when Judge gets back, everything's going to be OK. And that's a problem. When you have a roster that is this dependent on, on one single player, it, it's just not it's not a recipe for success. And look, we saw the Braves in 2021. Ronald Acuna Jr. tears his ACL was in mid-July. And the Braves go on to win the World Series without their best player. And then you look at the Yankees. Judge tears a ligament in his toe, and they immediately give up. It's it's really embarrassing. It's tough. I mean, we're in June. The weather's good. This is supposed to be the fun part of the season where you're still ascending up, where you're you're going to games, and teams winning, getting into that summer groove, and they're all just playing like shit. And speaking of the, the mental weakness aspect and the softness. Harrison Bader. So this is a guy that's declared healthy on Wednesday of this week. He says, you know, I'm going to go, going to go play. Sorry. Wednesday of, of last week. I'm still a little out of it here with all the travel that I've done. And then the days of the week and today's Monday, but it's a holiday. So just, just bear with me. But Bader, I guess Wednesday of last week. So almost a week ago, you know, he's declared to be healthy. He's, he's coming to Boston on Friday. It comes out that he's not going to Boston. He's still healthy. He's going to play in Somerset. Now, to me, just, just imagine for a second, close your eyes, just close your eyes, and imagine a Derek Jeter, a Paul O'Neill, even a Robinson Cano, even a Brian McCann. Okay, somebody even more recently saying, no, I'm healthy, but I'm not going to go to Fenway Park for a Yankees-Red Sox series. I need a little more time. I'm just not feeling perfect yet. I'm going to go play in Somerset, in meaningless games. To me, this just kind of sums up the mental weakness of a team. The Yankees are banged up. Aaron Judge isn't there. Giancarlo Stanton can't play the outfield. I mean, they have IKF and Bowers and Willie Calhoun playing the outfield. If if I was Aaron Boone or Cashman or whoever, I would tell Harrison Bader, I'm I'm sorry if you're only 80% or 90%. Get your ass to Fenway and get in center field because we need you. And I don't know if the Yankees, do they win one of these games with Bader? I don't know. Probably not. But he sure as shit would have helped. He wanted to take the weekend off and hang out in Somerset. And, and to me, Bader kind of reminds me, I, I call him an eight-hour sleep guy because he seems like a guy where if he doesn't get a full night's sleep and he or, he's fully healthy and doesn't feel exactly perfect, he doesn't want to play. And you run into guys like that or girls like that in everyday life. You know, they won't they won't partake in something in a performance-related activity if they are not feeling 100% their best and perfect. And, and a true competitor goes out there with what they have and and gives it everything you have, even if you're only feeling 70%, even if you're only feeling 80%. If you're healthy enough to play in Somerset, you're healthy enough to play in Fenway. I'm not trying to go over the top here. Was he scared of the lights, the the Fenway lights, the the moment the games are, you know, the games were all on national TV. I, I really hope that's not the case. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that has played 40 games, with the Yankees in, in almost a calendar year, he came here at the deadline, July thirty first last year. It's June twentieth. He's been here for almost a year, and he's played forty games. And you have people that <laughs> that think he should be extended. Oh, okay, we got to extend this guy because he because he had you know thirty good games out of forty. It's it's just a joke, I think. But it's just it's just what this team is under Aaron Boone. It's it's a lot of mentally weak players. Um, and again, if these guys can't Play baseball that judge that they, they shouldn't be pros i mean look john carlos stanton makes what 29 million a year hit some bombs dude it shouldn't matter that judges in here you're supposed to be an alpha you're supposed to be a force you're supposed to be a guy that carries the team that's an mvp and he's a gimpy dh hitting 205 that looks like he's about 40. Uh, it's just embarrassing uh, dj lemay is was a guy that i've defended i love the way he plays you know i wanted them to resign him clearly i was wrong. The guy is beyond washed up. He's a 230 singles hitter at this point. It's it's really tough to see where what's happened to him. Anthony Rizzo feels like he hasn't gotten a hit since that incident with Tatis. I know he drove a ball on Sunday night, deep into that triangle at Fenway Park and Duran made a great play. That's the first ball I've seen him hit hard in basically a month. Really tough to watch him right now. Anthony Volpe is basically the worst player in the league. I want to say he has a 266 OBP, which is just, it's funny. (laughs) It's it's a little less funny because it's our guy. I I don't, I have no idea why he's still playing shortstop. Clearly, clearly the future of the Yankees infield is Peraza at short and Volpe at second. So I don't understand why Peraza's, you know, Barry bonds it in AAA and Volpe's at short, shitting the bed. You have to find a way to get Peraza up here. Is that a fake IL stint for somebody? Is that sending Volpe down for a week? I don't know what the move is. Barraza has to be up here. They need some sort of injection. If you remember 2005, and this might be before some of your guys' time, I know there's a mix of of ages here, but in 2005, I was in, I think, sixth grade, sixth grade uh, when the 2005 season started, and they were dead in the water in early May, and they called up, I think it was... Chin-Ming Wong and Cano, and they immediately injected life into the team, and they went on a run. The Yankees need to call somebody up and make, make some sort of move to do something, because this is just clearly not cutting it. It's, it's embarrassing to watch. The lack of urgency is pathetic. And look, it all comes, it all comes down to the bald man. We, we know who it is.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: Brian Cashman, and I saw it was M. She does it on Twitter. talked about how the Yankees have developed two All-Star caliber position players basically this century since two thousand. Robinson Cano and Aaron Judge. And when you when you think about the guys that they passed on over the years that Cashman passed on, I mean, he passed on Manny Machado because he had Miguel and Dumar. He passed on Bryce Harper because he had Jacoby Ellsbury. He passed on Nolan Arenado. Or I guess the same thing. And Duhar. And he passed on. I mean, let's just list the shortstops. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, a boatload of shortstops because he had Anthony Volpe, who again has a is hitting 150. It, it it's really an embarrassment. And look, you can make, I know there are individual arguments for all of those guys. You had to sign one of them. I mean, one of those position players. And he and he hasn't signed any of them. And they They're very cocky about their farm system, but at the end of the day, all of the prospects recently have flopped, except for Judge. That includes Sanchez, Severino, Bird, Volpe so far. I mean, look, this has not been a small sample size for Volpe. We're pretty close to the halfway point. I think generally July 4th is considered that halfway mark, so just eyeballing it, we're about 45% into the season. And again, Anthony Volpe's basically been the worst player in the entire sport. Uh, again, I wasn't expecting him to be at 300 as a rookie and beat Derek Jeter like some of the idiots out there. I thought he would hit 220, <laughs> like do something. Um, he's done nothing. But again, it, it all goes back to Cashman. And to be honest, and, and not trying to be dramatic, I think passing on Manny Machado is arguably you know it's one of the worst decisions in franchise history. This is a guy that's going to probably get to 3,000 hits, probably get to 500 homers. He's maybe the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen. Maybe maybe Arenado is better, but the guy has no weaknesses to his game. He was 26. He was begging to be a Yankee in a depressed market, and Cashman said no because he had Miguel and Duhar. Now it's and you might say, "Oh, why are you still bringing this up?" It's five years later because it's still hurting them. They third base has been a black hole since then. We have Josh Donaldson hitting 150 at third base. It's just. It's painful. Uh, maybe you were a Harper guy, and I'm not going to argue either one. If you were a Harper guy, then look they should have they should have signed one of those two guys. And I think that's where a lot of their problems come from. I think if they signed Harper and Machado after the was it after the 2018 season, I do think they would have a ring by now. And Cashman has just become this arrogant, arrogant prick who thinks he doesn't need to make those kind of moves. Now he has made them on the pitching side. He took a shot on Cole. He took a shot on Rogan. Pole worked. Rodon has it, But position player-wise, he's basically passed on everybody. Um, and they still have a $280 million payroll. And this is it's a $280 million payroll that we're sitting here saying, oh, hopefully we'll get the sixth seed. It's a joke. Uh, Aaron Boone, you know, the other day said they're playing great. <laughs> and, you know, this is a team that's scoring two runs a game. They have the worst batting average in the league since Judge went down. They're a team that gets picked off. They're a team that balks. They're a team that makes errors. They got getting called for catcher's interference. Nothing about this team says they're playing good. I'm I'm not going to spend the whole time talking about Boone, though, because the problems go way deeper than him, and he's just a puppet. They interviewed, <laughs> they interviewed the hitting coach, Lawson, after the game. Uh, I didn't even watch that interview. They were just throwing him to the wolves. But based on all the quote tweets and replies, I saw clearly that guy's a fucking prick. Um, it's just uh, he's talking in all these philosophical terms and they're going to, they're going to turn it around. I, you know, that Marcus Tims didn't work either. Now everybody wants to fire this hitting coach. Maybe these guys just suck at hitting. It's really hard to watch. They have Seattle coming up. Cole pitches Tuesday. And to be honest at this point, so Tuesday tonight, Derek Cole is really the only reason watch this team. They don't have a single position player that's worth watching. And they don't have a pitcher other than Cole that's worth watching at this point. Severino's ERA I, I think is over 6 without without looking at it. He's been atrocious other than you know that Padres game he was really good. Other than that he he sucked. Garrett Cole's the only reason to watch and even they don't even win all of his games. I mean that so that Friday night game I think it was June 9th and Garrett Cole was pitching against Boston. And I woke up and I had tickets to this game. Oh yeah. Cole on a Friday night is anytime I see Cole lined up for a weekend game, I pretty much go aside have a wedding or ambassador party. I see the Coles lined up for that June 9th, Friday night game, you know, grab some tickets is generally when Cole pitches at home, they win. And I woke up that Friday morning, June 9th. And I was just like, there's no way they're going to win tonight. And I sold the tickets. I about broke even, um, and of course, they lost. And Volpe was six inches away from that walk-off three-run home run, but of course, it went foul. But it's like you just know—you just know that they don't have it right now. And I just knew they weren't going to win that game. You knew they weren't going to win either of the Sunday games in Boston after that debacle on Friday night. They're they're horrible right now. There's there's not a lot to say. I don't buy. I don't buy the injury the uh, injury excuse. Me. I really don't. Stanton's out there. Torres is out there. DJ Rizzo. Trevino, they have Severino and Cole. I mean, they have guys that should be playing better other than Judge and Bader. I mean, this is pretty much the lineup and it's a lineup that was not good enough last year in the playoffs. It was a lineup that needed a bat in the offseason. They didn't add a single bat in the offseason unless you count uh, Willie Calhoun. Greg Allen's a marginal little upgrade that they made this season and he's hurt. They didn't add a single meaningful bat. They went into the season without a left fielder. And you're seeing, you're seeing the fruits of that. And in terms of Harrison Bader, there, again, no chance I would extend him, re-sign him or anything. If he wants a one-year deal while we wait for Dominguez, fine. I, I'd rather let, you know, next year, I'd rather let Greg Allen play the first month of the season in center field until Dominguez, you know, passes that service time threshold. I, I just, Bader, you can't trust him. He's supposedly coming back tonight. We'll see. I'll, I'll believe it when I see him in the lineup. But look, we're just... We're in a tough stretch right now again. Um, Jack is on vacation. I was working last week, didn't want to go two weeks without giving you something. Bad news. Wednesday, we faced Luis Castillo. Pretty much an automatic loss. I think we faced him twice last year, and I don't think we scored a run off him combined in two games. So, so that was fun. Uh Tuesday again, tonight is cold, but we got George Kirby, who absolutely shut us down last time we faced the Mariners, great name, by the way, uh, George, Mr. Kirby. Uh, it's hard to see things getting better. And look, let's, and lastly, judge. Who knows when he's going to be back at, you know, it's funny because they showed the the replay. I, this is when everyone was waiting for the diagnosis and the pro football doc, the guy who nails it said, looks at the video and says, the toe isn't broken. And I'm thinking, okay, a week, maybe two weeks with a quick 10 day IL stint for a sprain. It's a ligament sprain, and he's going to miss at least a month. So he went down June 3rd. He's not doing anything. No timetable. And, and can I ask Aaron Judge one favor? If this toe injury is so bad and it's vicious and so serious, why are you standing on it for the entire game, putting 300 pounds of weight on that toe? I mean, every time they panned him in the dugout, he's, he's standing up like an idiot. Sit down. And they said, you know, they said he doesn't like – he doesn't want to wear a walking boot. Like tough shit. It's like when Severino didn't want to get in the uh, MRI tube. Tough shit, man. These guys, and who knows? Again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that if you have a toe injury standing on it for the entirety of a game and not wearing a boot or any protection on it, isn't going to help the healing process. So he might be out until August 1st. I've seen, I mean, Boone had this stupid quote last week where he's like, oh, he could be back next week or it could be in, in four weeks if somebody put a gun to my head, I think they're going to get him out there right after the all-star break, whether he's, he's healthy or not, because there, there comes to a point where they're going to fall out of the race. And uh, they are, there are 600 team with him, and they're, I don't know, what are they a 300 team without, I mean, they're, they're so terrible without him that it, it, you, you almost get to a point if, if they keep losing, just shut him down for the year. I mean, if, if he's ready august 1st and there's 17 games out of the division and nine games out of a wild card spot what's the point i'd rather just you know maybe play some kids and, and make sure he's healthy healthy for next year this was the risk when you give a guy like that nine years and i'm not going to knock him for being injury prone he made a hell of a catch game saving catch at dodger stadium but the, the bottom line is he's not out there and the other guys aren't aren't compensating for him anything else this is really really depressing uh, don't have a lot of don't have a lot of spin zone coming off a sweep sweep in fenway they're one and five against the red sox and you think about the teams that they've lost to recently the mets the red sox the white sox these are these are bad teams guys <laughs> and they a lot of those games were at home and they lost a series of the white sox at home they lost a series of the red sox at home. that's it's inexcusable and if you're not going to win the cole games at home just pack it up Seriously, just pack it up. Really disappointed all around. Uh, Again, don't have much of a spin zone. Wanted to just, wanted to jump on here. Next week, Jack and I will be back on our normal schedule. Really appreciate everyone tuning into this one. I hope things get better. I hope we can jump on next week with Jack. And there's a timetable for Judge. And the Yankees had a nice week. I do think the Yankees will win the poll game tonight. They will absolutely lose on wednesday to luis castillo bet bet your life savings on,
0: <laughs>
1: on the mariners that game uh can't hold me accountable if it doesn't work out but it, luis castillo there's just no shot they beat him uh, in any scenario so with that we're gonna shut it down um i'm not gonna do you know jack's little uh parade line that that's his thing i will just say see you next week and go yanks